Hello and welcome once again to the A to Z of Tech podcast. As always, I am your host Louise and today we're going to be looking at the topic of W for Web 3.0. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined in the studio by two guests who may be familiar to some of you if you have been listening to our back catalogue. Um, so our first guest is Maria Accente. So she, she actually joined us what seems like a lifetime ago on the E for Ethics podcast and is PwC's Responsible AI and AI for Good lead. We're also joined by Hayden Jones. He, if you recall, was on our O for Open Data episode and is Senior Blockchain Market Specialist also here at PwC. So thank you both so much for joining me in the studio. Now, when it comes to Web 3.0, Web 3.0, um, I don't even know what the correct terminology is, let alone what the definition for this is. Um, to my mind, Web 3.0 seems to mean different things to different people. Um, it seems to be about a decentralization of the internet, um, maybe a more kind of federated ownership, um, giving people wider access. But I would really love to hear both of your thoughts on what it actually means to you. So Maria, if I might ask you first. Thank you very much, Louise. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that Web3 has different um, definition and different people will see it differently. We had the same problem with AI and we still have it in so much so that European Commission, who's tasked now with um, drafting the first ever AI law, um, has a mammoth challenge in defining what artificial intelligence is. So if we'll learn anything from the world of AI, it's, it's starting with a little bit more narrow definition of the term, uh, being able to understand what are the technology that converge into Web3, what's the evolution, how did we get here, and what are the major cha changes that we expect, what are the major changes. And I think to me, what you said, that the, um, the tension in between centralized web that is the web 2.0 and decentralized uh, which is supposed to be the web 3.0 it's it's the fundamental trait that will will challenge us to rethink how we approach exchanging information accessing data accessing products and services and the whole world of digital Hayden, would you agree with with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, I think not wanting to trivialise it, but I think the the simplistic way to look at it is think about. So we started with G, we had two G, three G, four G, five G. So essentially, what you know, it's it's a, it's a catch-all term that's designed to uh, bring everything together. It implies some kind of upgrade in relation to the web. Okay. Uh, what is really interesting is, and, and again, as Maria said, I mean, you know, if we unpack it, um, there's a lot of stuff in there. And, uh, you know, you've got to start from the premise, well, what's wrong with the web? Okay, because the web's actually pretty cool. Um, but the challenges that we have are the fact that it just moves data, it just moves information. Okay. Uh, we've got this wonderful technology called blockchain, which allows us to uh, combine ledger and payment and store of value and conditionality, which uh, if you plug those things together, you can end up with a transmissible store of value. The challenge with the web at the moment is that it only references existing payments infrastructure, existing banking infrastructure, existing contracts infrastructure. So with something like a blockchain embedded within this next iteration of the web, you can actually have a, a transmissible store of value within the web, okay, that's not referencing any sort of real world infrastructure such as you know banks payment infrastructure um, 
And as we, you know, we'll step through the discussion, you can then see how we can then layer on other types of technology that can then sit on top of that and then you change change that experience. So if we break this down a little bit then, you've you've both already there referenced some some types of technologies, some technology names actually, many of which we had we have already covered in previous episodes, I'm glad to say. Um so what is it? What is the technology at the minute which is making this transition to web 3.0 actually possible? Um Hayden from your perspective. So I- the if we go back to sort of 2008 um and i'd say that that's a kind of a tipping point in terms of um the the maturity of basically cloud networking processing compute storage and then social media infrastructure on top of that um and the reason why that's for me is is, is a critical sort of um inflection point is because that's when i'm going to use the the, go back in the alphabet i'm going to use the b (laughs) word okay i'm going to use bitcoin Uh, but bitcoin emerged 2007 2008 as did the fintechs right because we actually had this this new um wave of innovation that was possible because we got to a point that it was possible for six people in a room in shoreditch to set up a small bank or a or a a a, a fintech a a peer-to-peer lending organization um, and all that technology is highly mature, right? We've now got these new technologies that have come through, specifically blockchain, albeit that was around, it's been around for about 12 years, but actually we can we unpack blockchain, do lots of clever things with it. We've got blockchain, we've got uh, AI, all of the maturing that's happened there. We've got virtual reality, we've got augmented reality. Um, and all of those l- additional technologies derived back from 2008 they've now matured and people are now seeing how we can actually start to plug all of those things together uh, and then they look at the challenges that we've got with the with the web as it stands at the moment so actually we can do something really innovative in terms of the way that uh, the way that all of that fits together and Hayden you mentioned AI there so at that point I will obviously turn to Maria but from your perspective does it feel like we are at a, a bit of a tipping point when it comes to all of these technologies converging and being at a certain level of maturity where we are able to start this transition to, to Web 3.0? We definitely are at convergence points. And if we are to look at the AI prediction for 2022, we've released at the end of uh, 21 in December last year. Uh, we One of the prediction was this convergence of technologies in Web 3.0 metaverse i think we will have to discuss the it's distinction the between metaverse the and <laughs> web, web three um and how important for us to understand those com- technological component in isolation the opportunities and challenges but also when you aggregate them when you bring them together what does it mean how will we address the challenges that they have generated independently into a medium where they are all intertwined and connected. And uh, what we have seen with the adoption of AI is a, a general increase in adoption um, with the our clients expected to move uh, more into cloud in the next five years, we'll definitely see an explosion, exponential uh, adoption of AI. And with that, um, a multiple application that were not possible before. 
And more likely, that will influence how um, AI will empower the next generation of web, uh, how much of the um, uh, the possibilities that we've seen for uh, human intervention to be uh, uh, replaced by machine and create intelligent blockchains, intelligent protocols, 1.30, but also being able to create the web where exchanging the, the data and information will be much more uh, adapted to uh, the, the 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 human the, the way we as humans exchange information uh, to the extent that computers will become much more intelligent and will understand semantics will understand meaning um, and uh, 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 as a result the interaction will be much much more attuned to what we need I think that is going to be fantastic and I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, but on the other side we're not going to delve into the challenges <laughs> but the challenges we have seen with AI and we haven't seen yet them emerge in full scale, we'll have to address them before we actually accelerate too fast in the direction of creating a brand new world or accelerating a brand new world we are not will not have control over. So before we open that can of worms of some of the challenges that maybe this brings about, um, Hayden, if I might ask you, in terms of, of what does this mean? What is possible? What kind of conversations are you having with clients around how they may be going to be levering this this type of of technology so to date um it's been very much and i'll use the m word again so it's been very <laughs> very much metaverse oriented um we we saw some nft metaverse opportunities last year uh but i would say we've seen probably 10 times as many uh in the, in the first three months of this year uh, 2022 um and they the companies uh, and individual projects they see the opportunity to to to, to put the brand in the metaverse um, it's less, it's probably more about experiential sort of brand positioning. And then when you work back from that, then you actually realize actually what you need is Web 3.0 to support what you're trying to do because it increases a huge amount of complexity. I mean, the tax footprint of selling an NFT within a metaverse is is very non-trivial, okay? Um, uh, so, so we're seeing it's probably more from the metaverse NFT space, but then very quickly you realize to enable all of that, you need web, a new type of web that sits underneath it. So Hayden there did also allude to some of the challenges we might see. So taxation, regulation. Um, Maria, so I know this is something that like the ethical issues around AI are in particular something that you have been focusing on for, for several years. How are you seeing those types of issues now being reflected in some of these wider conversations around web 3.0? That's a very good question. I don't think we are there yet um, to understand how how to um, think about the moral implications of those converges, those platforms. We haven't yet got to the terms with the complexity of ethics of artificial intelligence. We are now starting to discuss the ethics of the metaverse, but much more from the perspective of the immersive experience that we're creating where humans will be uh, put on the same virtual stage with virtual agents and um, the, the the lines in between what's real and what's what's um, generated by machine it's going to be very hard to comprehend or very, very hard to spot so how do we deal with that we're not ready to to go into that domain yet but we've learned quite a lot I think that fundamentally the 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 the, the conversation should start, should start from acknowledging this transition uh, from a centralized 
internet, which we have at the moment, that's dominated by big platform and big uh, technology providers into a more decentralized, and that how that transition will impact business models, individuals, regulation, um, because uh, the current regulation we have, it's very much geared towards a central centralized entity. So going decentralized, what will mean for the regulators to uh, um, uh, to be able to police uh, disinformation, misinformation coming from mil- billions of, of of users or that or the information being decentralized? So all those are very big questions remain to address. But I think if we are um, pacing ourselves um, and allow at least to have AI regulation maturing and allowing us to address some of the the evils that this technology can can um, can deliver, we'll be in a better place. We're not there yet, but with the wave of new re- regulation, AI regulation that's coming from European Commission from um, various uh, other governments around the world will see the next two, three years, on one hand, a desire to adopt AI, on the other hand, uh, uh, quite a strong uh, uh, guardrails in place. And out of this mix, we'll see where do we go next and how fast do we go in adopting new technology in a way that's safer. But I will conclude by saying that one of the, 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 the biggest outcomes out of our external engagement around the, the risk and opportunities around AI it's an increase in awareness of the potential of, of technology to harm people. We've seen a lot of content. We've seen uh, uh, the streaming platform producing um, uh, uh, audience-wide uh, productions to educate the public. And I think with that, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see a different um, pace towards adoption because the public will say, hey, stop, I know this is going to harm me. I'm not going to go in that direction. So it sounds as though there are some challenges then in this implementation or this transition to the new the new world, Web 3.0. So if I might be, I suppose, devil's advocate for a moment, what is it then we're trying to solve with Web 3.0? What are the challenges that we have with the, the current version of web 2.0 um hayden if i might if i might ask you that question uh, make our lives simpler make our businesses simpler to operate uh cheaper to operate which is good because if we we don't if we spend less money on things like the cost of payments uh you know costs for contracts we can reinvest that money in, you know into uh things like uh, healthcare nurses so it's simplify the way we live uh the way we operate as businesses as, and, and people and the way the way to think about that at the moment, we live in this um, wonderful world, uh, but all of us carry around, and it, I, it's, it's obviously not physical, but it, but it, the way to think about it is physically. It's like a big filing cabinet of, of digital bits and bobs, right? And it's, you know, the banks, your mortgages, your pensions, your ID, your certificates, you know, uh, childcare stuff, healthcare stuff. You know, all the people you're connected to, all the social media stuff that you've got, all your job stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it's this big filing cabinet of lots of digital stuff, none of which speaks to each other, right? Um, and, you know, as, as, as wonderful as we think our lives are, our lives are incredibly complicated. I mean, if you, you know, I mean, I was doing something this morning. I've got, I've got to, for the umpteenth time, I'm telling somebody what my date of birth is. And have to prove what my date of birth is. How many times have I done that in my life? You know, and it's it's a repeatable piece of information that I can prove. Yes, this is me, and that's when I was born. Okay, 
Um, so I liken it to, um, and if nobody's ever done this, I'd strongly recommend it. Take some time off over the summer. Go stay in a top-class hotel, right? Like, don't worry about five. Go for a seven-star hotel, okay? Because it's great. Because you walk in, and they know who you are, and they know what you want, and you can go to your room, and your room's all set up. They know what you like to eat. They call you by your first name. They welcome you back, and your whole experience is seamless, right? And it's simple, and it, it allows you to 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 enge- just engage with life. When you do that, you go go on holiday and you do that, and it's great. Technology should be like that. Technology should be like turning up into a high class hotel that's simple, easy. They know who you are. I don't have to get my passport out. I just turn up. You see, um, and that's what Web three should be about. That I can just turn up. Uh, and it knows who I am. It's got, and that's not because it knows who I am. Um, it, it's got there's an identity credential in there that allows it to access, you know, a range of credentials associated with me. And it makes my journey, my my journey through life, whether it be digital or physical, but it makes my journey through life easy. Okay, because if I want to buy something online, I've got to faff around with this and faff around with that. And then it takes three days before it hits my bank account and then it gets sent to me and it's the wrong color and I've got to faff around with it and blah, blah, blah. And that's just that's just a drag, you know, because I, I, I like to spend my time doing wonderful things like fishing and, you know, playing music. But so it should be digital should be simple and easy, seamless and enjoyable. I have to say, I thought your recommendation there was going to be give your uh, filing cabinet a spring clean, but I have to Absolutely say... Absolutely not. <laughs> no, it's about junking it. Get rid of it. You, you know, it's, <laughs> this is about taking it and re-engineering the way that whole filing cabinet operates. We'll have to move into seven-star hotels, which Absolutely sounds, sounds right. good to me. Um, so so then in, in the short term for our listeners, um, what will we notice? So we're not necessarily all going to get seven-star treatment overnight when Web 3.0 becomes a... a a thing but what what might we see in in the short term do you think um maria from your perspective i will have to go back to the world of ai and i think i would what we will experience is unnoticeable changes um of optimization of increased uh access or easy access to services and the products we buy how many of us we've observed uh, or we've noticed how much the the world of digital has changed the fact that our film preferences are tailored to what we have watched or or the the products we buy on e-commerce very much tailored to what we have browsed or we have already purchased and this um uber personalization uh has been building for a while and that that will become even more I would say fine-tuned um in the the future generation of the web but with that building what uh, what hayden said is about this ease to ac- access you know um paying your council tax or uh, any other dreading task we are performing is going to become much more easier. And that's might not necessarily say that's Web 3.0, but it's a step in that direction. And Hayden, from your perspective, maybe slightly longer term, what are some of the implications or some of the outcomes do you think of, of Web 3.0? Well, uh, I suppose I go back to what I said, simplification. Um, I think um, what 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 does that mean in practice? Well, I sort of see a, a world whereby I'm going to have a phone, but actually, you know, I get onto the internet uh, as currently, and I've got to faff around and 
passwords and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I don't see a reason why I can't just open my laptop or open a mobile device or whatever, and it uses voice, space, you know, facial recognition, voice recognition to to, to ascertain my identity, and then um, I then navigate to Web three enabled businesses, Web three enabled websites, and it's got a little kite mark on the side, and it says Web three enabled. And then that means that I don't have to do it if I want to buy or if I want to sell or if I want to interact. Um, the, the, there's already this sort of handshake between me, uh, my identity credentials, all of my digitized sort of, you know, uh, filing cabinet of digital stuff, but it's all interconnected. And I could go to uh, a university website or I could go to a job website um, and it knows who I am. It knows what my qualifications are. And it's all pre-identified and it's all working in the background. Um, and it's technologies like blockchain, because we can use blockchain for store of value, but we can use it for authentication, identity, certificates. Uh, and then, but it's the it's the AI and things like robotic process information that all, will be the mechanics to make all of that work. So that I can just, as I said, I, I glide through my digital life seamlessly we need we need guardrails, and it'll be AI that will provide us. We'll need regulatory guard, um, guardrails. We'll need legal guardrails, and all of that can be created. But I see absolutely no reason why our lives, our digital lives, can't be much simpler. Uh, and that cuts all the way, you know, across the entire spectrum of you know all of the wonderful uh, demographic types that we have within our population. So I started out this episode by asking for a definition of, of Web 3.0. And I think maybe the answer is that that isn't really an easy definition. It actually, it does encompass a huge number of, of different things. But I think my main takeaways there have been that actually Web 3.0 means that for users, there will be more of a, of a streamlined approach to data, to accessing digital services. But Maria, I think, as, as you've in particular kind of made clear that we need to do that in a way that is regulated and that is safe and which protects the user at the same time. Um, so I think, unfortunately, we've probably reached the end of today's discussion. Um, time to wrap up. But I wanted to say a huge thank you to both of you for joining me again um, on an episode of the A to Z of Tech podcast. It is much appreciated. Um, Listeners, as always, thank you too for joining us. So the end of the alphabet is now honing into view, but you can join us for our next episode, which will be X for XR, when we're going to be exploring augmented reality and virtual reality.